do us a quick favor guys hit the follow subscribe button share this with someone who would benefit from it and help us grow as the more we grow the better the episodes we get thanks guys for helping us and let's get into the episode And he's here, he is here. Cristiano has entered the building. Welcome, wherever you are, to the Old Trafford Theatre. Welcome back, guys, to this episode of Scott the Podcast. Today, I am going through my injury, which is a bit of a crazy one. If you know me personally, you would probably know already a little bit about it. Uh, but essentially, it's been a hectic journey and one completely unexpected and not what you would think, I guess. So, to kick it off, I can explain to you in, in short what the whole injury is. Now, it's a little bit of a intrusive one. And what I mean by that is it's awkward. It's a weird kind of subject to talk about. But it's one where I guess everyone has it. Everyone can talk about it. But as I mentioned, it's a bit of an awkward one to address. But if you're picking up what I'm putting down, essentially I had a bit of a problem and I went to the urologist and I didn't have any pain or discomfort as such but it was something that I wanted to get addressed and it would be something that I had been trying to get addressed for actually ever since the beginning of the year and I noticed it at the beginning of the year although because I was in a foreign country and couldn't necessarily ring the doctors that I wanted to due to my iPhone not allowing me and also a lot of the time in Germany the doctors and services that they have there are all essentially they're not closed off but they are closed often which makes it awkward so they're typically only open in the mornings and that is when I have training so therefore typically I was never able to book an appointment on the odd chance that I was able to find an availability so essentially it went neglected for around four months and then I ended up back in Australia where I was visiting my family and in July I went back to Germany to try and find a new team and then I wanted to follow up Although it did escape my mind, I kind of forgot. But it was at the back of our eyes, and I wanted to address it, but I still had those same issues, except now I wasn't training in the morning, but I was traveling more frequently. So even then, trying to find an availability was difficult. So there was those problems. And when you don't think it's bad, you neglect it. And I knew that that would be the case. I knew that it could be really bad and I am neglecting it to a degree because I, one, couldn't really find an appointment and it was not easy. And that's a big thing because 
too much friction can it may be i'm not going to say lazy because i did it in the end but i had quite a reactive approach which i knew wasn't good but on the odd chance that it was fine i was willing to take that risk because there was too much at stake at the time with football for example so if i if i was able to get that appointment when i first saw it then i would never have been able to play for the team that i played for i would have never been able to make germany work and i had that in my mind and i was aware that that is a possibility to where i'm risking my health although i guess you could say uh, i would i i'm willing to risk my health if it's if I, I knew that the worst case scenario could have been and i didn't think it was as bad as what i had to sacrifice essentially and I guess that's what you had to toss up. So I was tossing that up. And as I mentioned, eventually I got to the urologist. And that was after a little bit of discomfort and a bit of a mental one where I'm thinking, is this actually me making it up or is it actually that? And in the end, there was something there, whether that pain was mental or whether it was actually physical i don't know um but it's something that guys will have to go through if i think the statistic is one in three have this issue and pretty much it's when i went to the urologist they were kind of relaxed about it so if you aren't busy i wouldn't put it down there was a bumper on one of the sacks, nope, one of the testicles. So they looked a little bit concerned, but they said that it's bigger than usual, although this is this happens with guys as well. It's not necessarily too outrageous. And then they wanted a second opinion, so they sent me to a hospital where there was another clinic there where they could then confirm or deny and pretty much I went there and got the second opinion they were a little bit more stressed if that makes sense they were a little bit more okay we need to get the surgery done immediately it needs to there needs to be surgery first of all actually I think that that was the thing where I went and got the original opinion and there was no need for surgery but when i went to the second guy he was well the whole team was quite concerned and they actually told me that they think it's cancer they said that it was a 50 to 50 chance of cancer which is you know confronting to hear but i um i convinced myself that it was cancer now, you might be thinking, why on earth would I be convincing myself that it was cancer when it was a 50-50 chance? Now, to me, a 50-50 chance is very high. To you, it might not be. But any chance of a cancer to me, knowing my life, I think of it in this way. And I've spoken to a few people about this, and this is a little bit like... I don't know how I could say it. It's a little bit dark. But essentially, I thought of it as this. 
And I think that this was honestly a good way of thinking about it. I actually don't think that this hindered me. I think that this was a positive way of thinking about it. And you might think I'm crazy. And maybe... No, I am. I am crazy. But I actually do think that this was the right way of thinking about it. And what that is, is... I convinced myself that it was cancer for a few reasons. One, because I am convinced I'm very privileged. I'm very aware of how privileged I am. All of the struggle in my life I have chosen. There has never been a moment in my life of struggle of which has been inflicted on me. Therefore, I'm extremely privileged and I'm waiting for the day where that struggle is inflicted on me. What I mean by that? is there will be a point in my life and there's a point in everyone's life, some more than others, where something bad will happen to them. I haven't had that. I've never had anything horribly bad happen to me. When I think of all of the war that's going on right now and I'm thinking of all of the pain and horror inflicted on all of those people, that isn't happening to me. I'm extremely privileged. All of the pain and sorrow and suffer that I go through is self-inflicted. Therefore, is it really pain? No. It's not pain, it's, it's growth because I still get something good out of it. Therefore, every single time that I choose to struggle, it's a choice. Now, the first time where I am not choosing to struggle, I'm thinking it's the worst case scenario, naturally, because I'm waiting for that day. Every single hour, every single second, every single minute, whatever it is, I'm a step closer to having that bad news where it's war, it's someone's got cancer in my family, I've got cancer, something like that. I'm, every second that I live, I am getting closer and closer to that news. And honestly, I thought that it was cancer and I thought that that was my time. And to a degree, as dark as this sounds, I was hoping that it was that because I could have I done that. And what scares me is that it wasn't that bad it scares me because if it wasn't that bad what's next (laughs) like what is going to be that bad thing now i'd like to imagine i'm prepared for that as i was prepared for this and i go into more detail of why i also think that thinking that it was cancer when it may not have been is a good reason but it scares me to think what's next because that wasn't my moment and that was pretty close so now I'm going to go into why I believe I also thought it was a good thing to believe was cancer. Now, the reason why is because when you hear that news, if it is cancer, you are prepared. So to a degree, it is, uh, there's a word for it that I cannot recall. It's a safety mechanism, I guess you could say. It's a safety mechanism where it's keeping me safe with that worst case scenario. So I'm thinking that it's the worst case scenario. When it isn't, brilliant. When it is, I'm already prepared. I've already digested it and I'm ready to go. Now, an part to that is being prepared and having a plan for every scenario so that you have complete I wouldn't say confidence because there's still so much uncertainty to where you can't have a degree of, of, of a full confidence, but you can have a degree of control over the situation no matter what the outcome is. Now, the point I want to reiterate 
is you can't just convince yourself it's a negative without doing the due diligence of making sure that negative well essentially making sure that that negative has a positive result or making the best out of it so i sat down with my parents and i made a plan and i also convinced them that i thought it was cancer just to be straight up because that same logic that i applied to my situation i wanted to make sure that they also had that knowing that they can relax because either situation isn't the end of the world could have been the end of my world but I wanted to make sure that there was a plan and I would get the best out of it with the best results and etc now what that looked like for me was firstly getting the surgery in Germany on the on the 50% chance that it wasn't cancer which it wasn't in the end and on that other 50% I would be having the surgery where they would see if it's cancer or not if it was they would have to remove the cancer immediately and then after that depending on how far it had spread bear in mind it probably would have spread if it was cancer because I had had this lump for a fair amount of time by now so most likely I would have had to go through chemotherapy and everything under the sun to where I am a full-on cancer patient essentially and for that I would have to go back to Australia and for me that was honestly probably the end of football and the reason for that is because of the age that I am it's such an important age and it's a transitional age into men's football and I need to find a men's football team no matter really the level and I take, take that with a grain of salt when I say no matter the level if I can't get it if I can only play local football well, that's kind of rap but if I can play the high level still in men's football the match trajectory is normal so I was fighting that and I had to be okay with the news being that it was cancer and then me also being okay with this is probably the end of my career so that was the plan for the worst case scenario get the surgery get the cancer removed go back to Australia as soon as possible finish out the rest of the surgery there to see the other side um and to assess how far the cancer has spread and then dependent on how far the cancer had spread it would be a journey of other cancer treatments essentially so that was what i had to mentally prepare for which wasn't difficult honestly it wasn't too difficult of course it's difficult to share with my parents to share with my family to share with people around me but me if it was just me in this situation i would have been pretty fine uh the crazy part was doing the surgery by myself being in that situation where i am going into the hospital on my own accord walking myself in doing all the paperwork doing it in a different language doing it in a small city all by myself 
from seeing the doctor at first to finishing the surgery and recovering every single step of the way it was done by me and that was a challenge now I think a lot of other people would have struggled a lot more than me I think that I did very well I don't think I had one issue I thankfully had my parents support with their own network you could say of friends who were doctors nurses or whatever so they were able to help me with guide with guidance although you can only do so much so with my calculated decisions my variables and my essential waiting for that surgery and, and bear in mind i only had i think two days to do all this from when the urologist said this is bad we need to go get it seen to the day of surgery so it was rapid and it was yeah it, it was a, it had to be done fast it had to be done fast with speed so that was done here comes the day of surgery and i get myself to the hospital i get picked up by an old uh, teammate from Bayreuth, which was the city that i lived in which was good i still had connections there and he picked me up took me to hospital i went in for the surgery it's a it's a weird one going in for surgery by yourself you don't necessarily really know what you're doing there's not much guidance because I don't speak German. They, I've spoken to doctors here in Australia as well, and when they say that they've got a foreigner who doesn't speak the language, they kind of just neglect them because what can they do? They really can't do too much. So as, as bad as it sounds, they do get neglected to a degree. Now, they're not fully neglected, although they aren't fully informed. Now, I was definitely not informed at all. I didn't know the results of the surgery until the day after. And even then, I wasn't actually sure. I was going off a, it's all good. And to me, I don't know what it's all good means. Maybe that's the surgery went all good and, you know, we didn't kill you. Or it's, you're actually all good, there is no cancer. I didn't know what that meant. So, a week later... I got confirmed that it wasn't cancer and that was um, good to hear I guess although honestly it really didn't change too much for me the only thing that had changed was now I have to work out how I'm going to make it work logistically football wise because it was such a bad part of the season and if you've listened to my two episodes on why I moved back to Australia from Germany and Hungary, you would understand my reasoning. But essentially, uh, I wanted to stick it out. After the surgery, a month after the surgery, I had stayed in Europe. And this is two months post-surgery, only 10 weeks post-surgery now. So I've only had, actually no, I've only had a week in Australia. I'm at eight days right now. So I'm still very, uh, not new, but I haven't been here for a while. So the surgery is still relatively fresh, not in terms of it being, it, it is pretty much fully healed, but it's still fresh in the, fresh in the mind. So I got the surgery, all was good. 
but the big challenge ahead was now I've got myself in this situation it didn't have to be this situation because I could have gone home I could have made it easier for myself I did choose the hard route but I was fully aware of that and if you know and if you listen to what happened next you would know the following decision to move to Budapest now I moved to Budapest because I knew that in Germany they one have a lot of goalkeepers they two have very good goalkeepers and three they start very early compared to the other European leagues now they actually also start very early in Hungary although by the time I had been fully recovered I knew that I could come in mid-season to a team during the winter break now the reason why I decided to go to Hungary instead of doing the winter break in Germany is because in Germany being a goalkeeper being young and then also not being German makes it very difficult now the reason why I did this the first time is because I was still eligible for a youth team so when I went to Bayreuth and I was still eligible for the under 19s, the first team was happy to have me because I'm still playing for the under 19s and they've got more numbers in training, which is good for them. Okay. So I was more attractive to teams a year ago because I was still a youth player, but now I'm only a first team player. Therefore I take up a foreigner spot. I demand a wage. I there's all these things where because I'm not the first goalkeeper potentially they don't necessarily want to give a foreigner spot up to a second or third choice so there were all of these things against me that were seen as deterrents so to get around that I wanted to go to Budapest because I am a Hungarian now I say that I'm a Hungarian because I don't have my paperwork yet which is the big problem I thought that my paperwork would arrive in time so that when I get to Budapest, I'm officially a Hungarian citizenship, uh, sorry, a Hungarian citizen. Now it didn't come. It still hasn't come. It may come tomorrow. It may come, it may come in, a, in a year. It may come in a month. It may come in a week. I don't know when it will come, but I am Hungarian. My mother has her Hungarian passport. I just don't have mine yet. So that was more resistance now going to Hungary I knew that that could be a possibility although I saw that I could still find a team even if I was a foreigner as such just going on the hope that they can understand that I should be Hungarian soon but then I found out in Hungary to play in the second and third division you have to be Hungarian so they actually don't accept foreigners in Hungary in outside the first league so that was another spatter in the works but I kind of spoke about that in my other episode where I was saying why I moved back to Australia and that was a massive part of it uh and to be clear I could have found the team in Europe I could have found the team in the fifth division I could have found the team in Hungary I had a team actually there was a fourth division team that I was training with they needed a goalkeeper I could have played it now I didn't because I didn't think that six months would be worth it considering I would be able to 
possibly find a better team in Australia, a more respectable team, and then get a few season under my belt, rather than the six months. So, the, the 10% chance that I had to find a team and to play with the team and make it a good situation, considering my injury actually wasn't enough to sway me. Now that 10% chance last year, this time last year, was enough for me to stay because I was still eligible for a youth team. So that 10% was more 30%. And I was betting on myself to make that work. And I had offers for okay teams the first time round when I was there. I also could risk it. But this time that very, 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 very slim chance wasn't enough for me to bet on myself primarily because of the injury because I had to I would only be back at 100% now so only now would I be back at 100% and pretty much in a week or two weeks time all teams in Hungary and Germany go on winter break and they come back in February so I miss a fair chunk anyways where in Australia there's only a week break during Christmas time and that's pre-season for the rest. And then you start in February or March, depending on your league. So to me, as much as I didn't like it, and I created this analogy in the episode where I was speaking about why I moved, I had turned every single stone over, making sure that I would leave no stone unturned. And when I was turning all these stones over, most of them I knew where they were going to end up. Most of them I could predict that they're going to help me stay in Europe because that was my main goal. That was my vision. That was what I thought I had to do. Then one of those stones was one stone that I never expected. That stone was I've got to go back to Australia. If you know, if I've spoken to you personally before, you would know that I'd never, ever, ever planned on going back to Australia. In fact, I despised it. Anyone who told me that I should go back to Australia, I said, yeah, as if. My agent at the time knew that asking me about a team in Australia, I would laugh. I would say, yeah, well, that's not going to happen. When there would be other goalkeepers and I'd be speaking with them back home, they'd say, why don't you just come back here? I'd say, yeah. I would never do that. But when I, when I was turning all these stones over, making sure I had left no stone unturned, that harsh reality was I actually have to do the thing that I despise the most. To a degree, there's a discipline even in that decision. I spoke about this in that episode where I said the hard choice is going back to Australia because it's not what I want to do. Easy choice would be using the surgery as an excuse for my unsuccess after the surgery. So using my surgery as an excuse to be lazy and not find a team would have been an easy way of doing it. Now, it looks like what I have done is the easy way out. It looks like what I am doing 
is the looks like I'm quitting. Looks like I'm quitting my doll. But really I see it as this is the difficult thing to do. Although it's comfortable, although it's nice to be home, although all of these things, this is the hard thing to do now. This is the hard choice. And I have to now make it work because I don't have this surgery as an excuse now. So I actually have chosen the hardest path. Now, I'm actually, to a degree, pretty proud that I made that decision. That I still made the hardest decision because I do pride myself in it. But now I have to make it work. Now I have to make it work. And you can only judge me by my results. So in a few months time when, you know, I'm either with the team or I'm not, judge me by that and we'll see how I'm going. But anyways, guys, I hope that you enjoyed that episode and I hope that you got something out of it and I'll catch you tomorrow.